you wonder what happened in sports today, Brandon Petrilli, he got the wave. We talking a lot with bros today, cracking some jokes the podcast way. Goals on goals, where homers on homers, tutties on tutties, got moments on moments. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into Petrilli. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the BSP Podcast. If you're looking on YouTube, watching on YouTube first, make sure you subscribe, hit the bells, put the notification bells on, and you would see that I have the man, the myth, the legend, one of the best sports talks hosts on the airwaves in Philadelphia from the best show ever, my man, Pots and Pans, Hunter Brody. What's going on, Brody? How's it going, man? It's going great, man. What's going on with you? Thanks for having me. I'm excited. We got a lot going on right now. The birds don't know how to lose. The Phillies are making us grind this puppy out, but it's all good stuff, man. Exactly, exactly. It's been an absolute grind the past couple weeks, but before we hopped on, we're like, this is no better place to be. Winning's good for business. We're pumping out content, you know, trying to help you out with Broads Media. Make sure you go over to that on YouTube and TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all of its top-notch Philadelphia sports content, just like here on the BSP Podcast. So make sure you go uh, like, follow, and subscribe over there with Broads. But let's dive into it a little bit here because we've been grinding. We had Fan Fest this past weekend. It was nice to kind of sit down Saturday or Sunday afternoon and just kind of chill, relax, and watch the Philadelphia Eagles move to 7-0. and I mean, they absolutely came in and dominated the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nick Sirianni said this was probably the best team win that they've had all year, the most complete game. What was your kind of feel for this game, Broads? They dominated. I mean, it's just that simple. It was one of those days where I'm not even going to lie to you. In the fourth quarter, I was scrolling TikTok, and I was barely even paying attention, just waiting for the clock to go down. But that's what they do. They destroy teams. The um, the Steelers had no chance whatsoever. They don't have much talent. So I feel bad for Mike Tomlin, who is a damn good coach, who doesn't know what a losing season is. Yet here he is about to experience one. And you, you can try and work as hard as you can. But when you go up against this squad, especially in in South Philadelphia, you're going to get absolutely boned. And A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, that was absurd. Those passes that Jalen Hurts threw, the first one was more of a, hey, let, let's go make a play for me. But the second and third, it was right on the money where only he can go grab it. And A.J. Brown's toying with them, pointing at them, laughing afterwards. Yeah. It, I don't even have words for this. I mean, this is straight domination every single week, no matter who the opponent is. And uh, even during the 2017 run while it was magnificent at times I feel like this is somehow even more lethal which is ridiculous but here we are I can't even wrap my head around it yeah I mean when when they came out the gates and Jalen just kind of said screw it AJ's down there somewhere he just goes up and Minka kind of fell down a little bit and that's just the difference in having a number one wide receiver and AJ Brown goes up snags the ball out of the air easy touchdown and you're just like this might be one of those games now, I'll give the credit to, to Kenny Pickett and the offense a little bit. They were able to score a couple points at the start of that game. It was 7-7 for a little bit. And all of a sudden, that defense finally got to them. They were getting sacks. I think they finished with six on the day. And they just weren't able to run the ball. Jordan Davis goes down with a high ankle sprain. My cousin, Sean, was at the game. He's just like, oh, no, this doesn't look good. He might be done for the year. We're like, Dr. Holden, relax. All right, dude. 
So, like, it's good to see that it's only four to six weeks. High, high ankle sprains can kind of be a little tricky for any guy, let alone a guy that's almost 400 pounds. So we'll see when it comes down to him. But that being kind of your only negative takeaway from this game, that's that's a huge W for this team moving forward. And just to be able to sit, relax. We've been sweating out the Phillies and, you know, the 1-1 in the World Series now and just have a nice 7-0 and move, recap the weekend, get us ready for this upcoming week of World Series action. As the And then also a Houston weekend for Philadelphia sports. The Phillies are coming back. Uh, to play Houston, tied it up 1-1, and then the Eagles are going to be playing the Houston Texans out there in Houston on Thursday night football. So, Broads, let's kind of move into that Phillies action here. Goes down in Houston, take a split. Is that kind of what you wanted? Are you kind of – what's your feeling? Do you feel like that game two kind of got away from you a little bit, or was this what you were expecting out of uh, games one and two? Okay, so the way that I see it for this game, too, if I'm going to take, I kind of separate two different feelings. Once you split, I take the look with a 5,000 feet back, let's say, and it's more of the bigger picture. And I go, hey, you took one in Houston. That's what you are supposed to do. And now you got to go home and finish the job because once you lose one game at home, you give that home field advantage right back up. And it's very difficult to win three straight against the same team. So it is a tall ass, but we're always excited about splitting. Why? Because you take back home field advantage. But once you lose a game, you lose that home field advantage. You have to keep taking advantage of that, which they have done in the previous series it's just a totally different beast in this Houston squad so that's one side of me the other side is you missed an opportunity to step on their throat I saw a stat from Jason Stark and I actually took a screenshot of it I'm going to pull it up on my phone because it kind of tells you the difference on winning that game and losing it so historically when the road team wins the first two games of a best of seven with the two three two format the Phillies had a chance to do it and if they did they would have won the series which is 88 percent of the time that team wins the series so that, that is huge and they missed out on that and what stings about it is Zach Wheeler got attacked early those first pitches I think they got stunned two pitches two doubles three doubles in four pitches and they just couldn't recover especially when Sosa's in the lineup I would have went with Stott I think there's value in the way that he grinds and the way that he works and when an offense is dead he has the ability to give them a bit of a spark plug which I don't know if in Mundo Sosa is the move at this point he has a role and I think you live with that role I don't know if I would have pushed that button if I was Rob Thompson but my point is not only was it the doubles that were killing them Matt Veerling couldn't get behind the ball in center field so there was no throw on a tag up from second base to third that was embarrassing you don't have a speedster on the bases the the play over at first base Reese Hoskins should have made so there was so much that happened and they just couldn't recover and if you continue to shoot yourself in the foot like that especially against this type of team they went down 5-0 again. It was a miracle that they won game one falling down 5 nothing. If you consistently do that, you're in an atrocious spot. So the fact that Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler gave you two bad games and you somehow managed to come away with one victory, it is somewhat of a nice thing, but I thought they... They lost a chance. So I have a lot of conflicting feelings. I also knew that this wasn't going to be easy. To get to this point, they somewhat had a pretty decently easy ride. This Houston team is really good. So they're going to make you sweat it out. They're going to make you uncomfortable. And this is part of that process. So it's like, I understand, but I'm also mad and I'm aggravated, but I get it. I guess the most frustrating part of it all is 
you thought you'd be in a good spot because why? Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, and they fell flat on their face. Credit to the offense for stepping up, but you don't really have a chance unless your pitching steps the hell up, specifically those two. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say is the reason they've had such an easy go of it is those guys had 12 innings of shutout baseball in the first two starts of the, you know, of the playoffs for them. And they've kind of tailed off, whether that's wear and tear now, whether that's choking is what a lot of people have always talked about with Aaron Nola uh, for the case in the later months of the year. I think it might just be that the innings are starting to catch up to these guys a little bit. Uh, you saw Wheeler come out and he was kind of, he wasn't throwing that 98, 99 as free as he was when they came out and attacked the first pitch. Uh, he was kind of trying to be a little bit more fine, trying to hit his spots a little bit more. He wasn't just straight letting it go. I think that kind of got to him a little bit in game two there. But I agree with you where for them to come out and give you not their best starts, not what we've seen that they're capable of doing, splitting two games. And it's a huge step in the right direction coming back to Philadelphia because I was at the pregame show yesterday for the Eagles and John Kincaid's talking a little bit in that first hour where he was by himself is, you know, have your expectations changed from game one to game two now coming into game three? Are, are you, do you feel comfortable with the pitching? And my answer to him was like, and that he was a little surprised was I'm still very confident. It's not because of the pitching, but it's because of the bats. Uh, Bryce Harper has stepped up every single uh, point of it throughout the postseason for you here. Just coming back to Philadelphia, Reese Hoskins has been an, on an absolute tear in Philadelphia away. Not so much. They, this team feeds off that energy at Citizens Bank. I mean, Kyle Schwarber was literally inches away twice in that second game in the ninth inning from giving you, you know, chipping back away a little bit with those home runs. Uh, this team is ready to rock and roll. I, I'm mostly confident in the bats moving forward. And if you get the vintage Nola, if you get the vintage Wheeler, that's just icing on the cake. And we're ready to rock and roll and steal a couple more games and hopefully bring this World Series home here. Now, I, I mean, well, I want to get your last take here just because I kind of had a little bit of an argument with my family before we wrap up the podcast. But when you have such an amazing comeback game one, right down five, nothing it's in Houston. You have Justin Verlander, one of the best pitchers over the past couple decades in the MLB and you come back, you tie it up and then you win in the 10th inning. When you move to game two and you're down three, nothing, and then it goes to five, nothing. I'm just very frustrated of the people that I'm getting texts the whole way going through the whole postseason. This is amazing. I'm in love with baseball again. And then they go down. All right. See you in Philly. Like in, in like the fifth inning, like what's kind of your feeling on that there Broads? where, you know, you go down so early, especially the way that they came back the night before to give up like that. I mean, that's what playoff baseball is about. It's the sweat. And they even almost came back. In those last couple innings, they've had their chances. Yeah, so uh, you're right. They did have what it was the I think it was the sixth inning where they had first and second no outs, no and outs, then yeah. yeah, JT struck out, and then Bryce Harper hit into that double play, and that kind of felt like at that point maybe you could have made a little bit more noise, and if you didn't, that's enough for Houston to grab momentum. What I'd say to that is, you know, I mean, this team is in the World Series. At this point, you can't really count them out at all. And I do think that the percentages of doing it two games in a row, especially on the road, is a very massive task, even if you're at home. So for the people that doubt them when they go down and they start to suffer early in a game is, well, then what did you 
take away from what they have given you from a new identity, basically since Rob Thompson has took over. I do have a little bit of a question, though, about you stated, and you're not wrong, that you feel better about the bats right now because I think lately the bats have given you a little bit more. The last game was tough, but ultimately, Nola pitched bad. Your bullpen did sensational, and Rob did a lot of great things to put his team in a great position. Used Alvarado against Alvarez in the fifth. The next time came around, gave Ranger Suarez the nod, which did push him back to game four, and now they have to go with Thor in game three, which... You know, I, I don't know how it's going to pay off. There was some gambling involved, and we don't really necessarily know the result yet from Rob Thompson, so we'll have more data once these games play out. I, I guess, and this isn't, you're not wrong. I guess I would say when it comes to playoff baseball, this team was built to have a better offense, and I think it gave it was very inconsistent all year long. When it was hot, it was hot, but there were a lot of dry times, which were just brutal to watch. At this time of the year, I prefer having my starting pitching be the top dog compared to the bats because how much easier it is for the bats to go cold than it is for a starting pitcher to do his thing, if you will. So it does concern me. While you might feel confident in the bats, I think I'm a little nervous because I'd rather see sharp pitching with maybe a little bit of a not-so-hot offense than bad pitching and your offense trying to out-offense another team. Does that make sense? No, no, I agree with you. I, I, I'm not saying that. I I agree. I'd rather the pitching dominate and us win a 2 nothing ball game, 2-1 ball game. Yeah. But I've been riding the train all year. Hashtag Dingerdelphia. Uh, you know, <laughs> make sure you go follow me on Twitter at Brendan Petrelli. Every Every home run, it's Dingerdelphia. That's what this team was built around. And I think it's going to come full circle where they're, they're going to be the guys that get it done. Just seeing how Wheeler and Nola have kind of tailed off the past couple. I want them to be that dominant guys that we saw in their first couple starts. But if it's not going to happen, I like Bryce Harper's chances in Citizens Bank Park. See, I think that's I, where we differ. I, I think if they don't have Nola and Wheeler, because think about when they're going to be pitching next. If they give you two duds, what was the percentage of winning game one? Not very high. And I know it was. if it happens, like it's awesome. You take it, you steal it. But if if they're not doing their thing, I don't know if you could rely on – I don't think you win. Like I, I truly think right now, if we sit here today and say the next time around Wheeler and Nola stink again, I don't think that trophy's in Philadelphia. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I, you're, you're right. The offense, but the problem is while the Bryce Harper might do some things and JT might do some things – if the pitching's bad, that means Jordan Alvarez is. That means Altuve's getting hot. That means Bregman might see a pitch that he can hit the distance in Citizens Bank Park too. And now it could be six six, and we got to start to play a different ball game. So I mean, look, as a fan, I'm right there with you. I would love to pour it all out there and say that I, I have all the faith in the world in the offense. I'm a bit more concerned than you might be, but hey, I want to be right where you are. I just, I don't know. I have a bit more concern, I guess. It's the guys in the bottom of the lineup. It's Alec Bohm, who's, you know, double in the first game. It's uh, the at-bats that Bryson Stotts that had uh, that have kind of changed the tides there where uh, I think their lineup is deep and that can give them a chance. Now, let, let's go for some clicks here, Broads. Uh, it was going around all Twitter the other night was, the, you know, the pitcher for the Astros. Switching gloves, going for that hand. Reaching for it. What did, What was your kind of take there? Do you think he had anything on him? Rob Thompson said after the game, like, hey, we saw he did it his last couple starts too. You know, the umpires, you know, they check him every inning. Like, what's your kind of feel on, you know, was, was he having a little sticky stuff on his hand? 
Well, I think that give him an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. It would. And I think so. I think so. Look, baseball is known to be this baseball has done this forever. Now that they changed the rules, you really want to bet that teams haven't figured out another way. Joe Musgrove's ear is shiny as hell. And the Mets want to try it out to see what's going on. It looked like there was something yellow in his palms that he, he was rubbing. Why? You, I think they're doing something. But I, I guess what? I wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies pitchers at some point had something on them. It's just the way the game is played. So do I feel they lost the game because the Astros pitcher might have had something in his hands? No, I don't think that's why. I think they got outplayed. Do I think he probably had something? It seems like there was something going on. And you heard a lot of the players in the dugout talk about the curveball and how much bite it had and talking about the sinker. And is there a correlation with maybe what they saw at the plate and what was being thrown all around social media? It's hard to not connect the dots. At the same time, though, I think Rob took an approach because I wanted to hear Rob, right? And he said, look, Major League Baseball has stuff in place now and they trust those things, even though I don't. But he, because it tells me almost that who am I to call, if this is happening all around the league, who am I to call out that specific player when maybe there's guys doing something? I don't know what it is, but something in the bullpen or something in the starting rotation, whether it's the hat, the belt, the this, the that. I don't know. It's hard to really, truly say, yes, it is happening or no, it's not happening. Just knowing the track record of the sport of baseball, would it surprise me? Absolutely not. I, probably assume that there was but we just got to move on and win the next game that's all exactly tonight monday night game one citizens bank ballpark i mean it's going to be absolutely insane can i get a prediction for you from this week what am i going to be talking about next sunday night when i'm recording are we going to be world series champs i said before the series began phillies in seven so i could see them winning two games in philadelphia that means they lose one, and we're heading back to Houston 2-2 with game six. Did I do that math right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, did the math right. Not a math guy. Been a while since I've been in school. So, yeah, that would be, at that point, you'd be heading back to Houston. Too old head here. Yeah. Too old head. Yeah. <laughs> it would be 2-2. So, I, I I don't know how it shapes up. It's going to be interesting with, Nor, uh, with Noah Syndergaard, Thor, and with Ranger Suarez, and whatever we kind of get rolling after that. Once again, a lot of question marks on your top dogs as a duo, but that's how I see it. And if they would have won this game, game two, I would have changed it to Phillies in four or five. That's the difference. That loss to me was the difference in winning in four or five to it going seven games and having a whole different style of emotional roller coaster, which makes the most sense, though, considering this is the fall classic and you're playing an opponent that is very, very scary that constantly get in this position. They've been in the World Series four out of the last six years. They've been the six straight ALCSs. One of those years being when they finished under 500 in the shortened season. And I say that in an impressive way because to have a struggling season throughout that short amount of time and then still grind your way to the postseason, it's it's pretty miraculous what they do. So it makes the most sense that it goes longer rather than shorter. But it is disappointing because I thought if they just showed up in that game, which they weren't very competitive in, we could be talking about a whole different journey. So I'm going seven. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I think it's going to go seven. That, that loss, uh, that second game, that was a big one. I 100% agree. They win that. It, people are talking Phillies in four. You know, coming back to the jungle, uh, as Nick Cassianos likes to say. So, uh, I like him tonight a lot. Uh, I think Cindergard, he's got to have the hair down. You know, he's got to let it flow. The powers of Thor need to go through his veins with the hair down. And I, I like him tonight, uh, game three. 
So I, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride. Everybody grab your stress balls. You guys get your rally towels because everybody's hands are going to be sweating the whole way long throughout this week. I want to thank everybody for watching this episode of the BSP podcast. Make sure you subscribe, press the bell. I'm getting the views. I just need everybody to click that subscribe button. We're getting there. I want to thank you, Hunter. Uh, make sure you go follow Broads at uh, Broads Media and at Hunter Brody. Go listen to the best show ever at 97.5 The Fanatic. Also, I mean, uh, just thanks a lot, dude. It, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime. We could definitely do this again and maybe wrap up the, the World Series, see how it goes and whatnot. But I can, uh, can't thank you enough for all the work you do behind the scenes for Broads Media, of course, and uh, for having me on. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to break down the clips of your episode from yesterday uh, right now once we're done, too. So Beautiful. Thanks again, everybody. Um, subscribe. Check it out. Shout out to the 215. Go Birds. The Fightins. The Fightins, baby. Let's go. Come on.